Am I on? I am on. <clears throat> In a moment, I'll be on. Uh, I'll be on all kinds of stuff: uh, mescaline, psilocybin, amphetamines, uh, Coca-Cola, uh, cherry Coca-Cola. No, I am not on any of that. What I'm on is uh, Facebook Live. What I'm on is YouTube Comedy Schools channel. What I'm on is Comedy Schools Radio Network. Dot com. I'm on, and when you join, you'll be on with me. And we are on Facebook Live. We are, I already said that. We are on uh, Living on a Thin Line uh, with Tony Visick. I am Tony Visick, and we come to you every day at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, where uh, we give you your daily diversion and distraction from all the angry anger. Anxiety, hoopla, weirdness in the world today. We take a little break. Uh, we try to make it a comedy break, but we make it a break nonetheless. A little break in the action. We're going to have a little break in the action right now, ladies and gentlemen, and bring on some fan dancers. Uh, if you don't know what a fan dancer is, look it up. Uh, unfortunately, this show's budget uh, nor uh, cast uh, uh, contains um, the money for or the, uh, or the people to have fan dancers. Or even fans. Uh, we've got ceiling fans, and we got fans on uh, on uh, out in the world, I guess. But no fan dancers, and I think that's a damn it. I think that's a shame. I think that's sad. Um, it is Wednesday afternoon, um, and uh, we are fast approaching the middle of June. The middle of June, and I hope everybody's still hanging in there. Um, the news gets weird, the news gets strange, the news gets odd. Uh, the more we open, the more we need to close, and the more we're closed, the more we need to open. So uh, the United States is pretty much going to become like a, like a screen door in an old house with a grandpa yelling, close the door, close the door, and kids running out the door, kids opening the door, kids opening the door, and old people going, close the door. And um, where it'll end up is anybody's guess. Uh, I tell you what I don't have to guess about. I don't have to guess where I'm going to be this Sunday night. Notice that segue. Wasn't that sharp? Wasn't that good? Wasn't that smooth? Didn't it feel so good? Didn't it feel so right? Uh, I'm not going to have to guess where I'm at this Sunday night because this Sunday uh, I will be on Zoom. I will be on Tony Visick Presents Sunday Night's Funnier. It's an all-star comedy review with very funny people. Jim Perry, Kevin Brown, Andrew Irwin, uh, and more, you know what? And I got to say more because, um, I forget there's one other person that I put on the show. So, uh, and I'll be adding other people too. You ought to make this a, a regular Sunday night thing for you guys, man. We're looking for good, cool, regular Sunday stuff to do and, uh, or even weekly stuff to do or nightly stuff to do or daily stuff to do or morning stuff to do. But I got something for you every Sunday night at seven. So make an appointment that you're going to be with us Sunday nights at 7 PM on mountain standard time. For Tony Visick presents Sunday Night's Funnier. Uh, live stand-up comedy show is brought to you on Zoom. It's a bold new experiment. It's a whole different way of doing things. We're working through it. We're helping invent it. We're helping create it. And we'd like to have you come along with us. Uh, the price is only 10 bucks, And for that 10 bucks, you'll be entertained. You help pay the comics. And we donate money to a local food pantry here in my area. Currently the Maricopa Food Pantry. Where you can see a picture of me. And one of the members of, uh, one of the people that runs America F Food Pantry, uh, Jim, and he's got a heck of a good beard. He's got a solid beard. On my uh, Facebook page, uh, I donated $100 to them at one point, and I said, uh, it's only $100, and 
and they looked at me like it was crazy. And they said, we can feed 10 families for a week for $100. Which makes me wonder, what the hell are we paying for at the grocery store? If the food bank can pay, and you know what, in good food, a good box of food too, plenty of stuff. If a food bank can feed an entire family for an entire week for 10 bucks, why does it cost me $400 million every time I go to the grocery store nowadays? And uh, half the time they're out of toilet paper, toilet paper, half the time they're out of Clorox wipe, and uh, the other half of the time they're out of ribeye steaks. Why are we paying so darn much? So uh, anyway, I got that coming up Sunday night. Also, uh, this coming Tuesday, there'll be another free intro to stand-up comedy workshops. So a lot of ways for us to hang out and get together. Okay, uh, this show is comprised of three things. We're on three platforms. We're on uh, an internet-based radio station. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. Uh, we're on three things, and it's comprised of three things. And those three things are um, you and uh, reacting, interacting with you with your comments, your questions, your statements uh, here on Facebook Live or YouTube or Comedy Schools Radio. Uh, that, uh, some little knickknack or a piece of weirdness or memorabilia that I have laying around the house that has been gathering dust that at one time meant a lot to me and then got sat by the wayside. And I'm going to show uh, some pretty cool stuff to you in a minute. Matter of fact, I dropped one of them on the floor and I'm going to bend down and pick it up now. So in, in, excuse this indulgence, this unprofessional move. I've totally disappeared from the camera for a second as I pick up something I dropped on the floor. Did I lose anybody? Did anybody, when I bent down like that, people go, oh, well, this ain't right. This ain't right. This ain't a show. Guys there bending down and picking stuff up. What the hell is that? What kind of show is that? Um, so I've got some cool knickknacks here that uh, mean a lot to me. Uh, this one will really kind of stick out. Maybe I just need to show you this one. Uh, and you know what? Uh, I'm not breaking any anonymity here. Anybody who knows me, and if you don't know me, you're going to hear it now, knows that I have not had a drink or drug in over 35 years. By the way, if you drink and drug, that's your business, not my business. Uh, who you vote for is your business, not my business. Uh, how you feel about uh, all sorts of things in life is your business, not my business. So if you uh, like to pop a top or, or snort a powder on occasion, that's yours to do. But for me, I had to uh, uh, wave goodbye to all of that many, many moons ago. And it's nothing I miss because, baby, I did it right. You know, I was talking with Shirley last night. We were sitting around the, uh, the fire outside. We got one of those, uh, what is it called, a chim chimery? Chimeria. A chimeria. We have a chimeria, and uh, uh, we were sitting around. it. Yeah, I know it's warm out, but still something nice about having a fire in the evening. So um, we're sitting around, and I was talking about something I had done when I was 19. She goes, when you talk about that, it's like a complete different person who I still don't know. And I said, well, you'll never know that person. That's in the past. That person kind of doesn't exist. It still exists, but doesn't exist. So uh, I did it up. I did it up hard. I did it up long. I did it up strong. I did it up mean. And then I quit. And I quit in 1985. And I quit in March of 1985. And I started going to 12-step meetings in 1985. And uh, some people, when someone breaks their anonymity, they go, hey, hey, is this supposed to be anonymous? And as a uh, AA sponsor of mine once said to me, he goes, well, I wasn't anonymous when I was out there drinking. You sure in the hell knew when I was drinking. You might as well know when I'm not. I got this. 
I don't know how I came across this. You won't be able to make it out at a, and it's a, you probably can't make it out. It says, one day at a time. I'll show it to you there on YouTube. It says, one day at a time. And then I want you to look at the number on the back. That's a 90. That's a 90. That's a 90. So that symbolizes that at that point, that was given to me by someone because I had not had a drink or drug in 90 days. And to an alcoholic or an addict, that is a big deal. It's a big deal. I can't quite describe to you what the alcoholic mind is like, or mine at least, and from uh, uh, thousands of alcoholics I've spoken with. When you're drinking and somebody says, just quit drinking for a week, you're a week. You know, and we trick people. Well, you can quit for a day. Well, I'd quit for 90 days. So right around this time, right around exactly this time in June of 1985, I was hanging out in West Hollywood. I lived in Hollywood. I tend to bar in West Hollywood and in uh, Brentwood, California. And uh, uh, I used to go uh, hang out with a group of people on Robertson Boulevard, uh, every day at noon, I think yeah noon, uh, and someone gave it, and that we're also like-minded, and somebody gave me that chip. Almost, probably it could very well be uh, thirty-five years to the day. So coming across this just reminded me of what that summer meant to me. So that March was some of the most bleak time. Was one of the bleakest times in my life. It was full of arrest and recrimination and. Uh, Realizing that I was a little fish in a big pond full of sharks and that I wasn't really a shark, which meant I was a guppy, which meant I was going to get eaten alive and physical problems and mental problems and financial problems uh, and uh, health problems. And it was a dark, dark, dark March for me. Our February. Into that March. And that March, I stopped drinking and began to turn my life around. And I'm going to tell you that coming out of all that darkness, coming out of those physical problems, those financial problems, those psycholo psychological problems, relationship problems, emotional problems, every type of problem you can imagine with a wrecked car and barely having a job, didn't know where my next dollar really was going to come from at 29 years of age, was not a good place. But I put one foot in front of the other and I took it one minute at a time, one hour at a time. One day at a time. And now I'm able to be here with you right now uh, as we go, as we all go through now, in a sense, what many alcoholics go through right before they get sober and right after. Oftentimes, the most difficult part is not right before. The most difficult part is right after. Learning to live life on life's terms. Learning to accept things, understanding that acceptance is the key, that the only way you move forward is by accepting where you are. But I also remember the great um, joy and the great enthusiasm and the friendships that I formed. Uh, my brother Jerry's on here, you know, and uh, salvaging my relationship with him, my good pal, my brother Jer, you know, and uh, 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 what he went through, what the people around us go through as they watch us begin to spiral out of control. In a sense, the entire country is going through what is known in alcoholic circles as its bottom and then having to turn around a day at a time. Now, 1985 is the first time I tried to stop drinking. I tried to stop drinking, I think, in 82. I tried to stop drinking on my own, my own ways, many times. Well, I won't, 
I won't drink hard liquor. I won't drink beer. I won't snort Coke. I'll just snort Coke. I won't shoot up. I'll shoot up, but only every other day. Um, I tried to do it my own way, but finally I found a way. So it's up to each and every one of us to find, our, find a way to move forward from our own heart of darkness, our own concern, our own anxiety. And oftentimes that just comes from being of service to others. So if you want, uh, I'm not going to give you any advice, but I tell you what I try to do at least once a week, and I can do it at least once a week, is try, try to be of service to someone else, to try to do something for someone else besides me. Because at times like this, man, it's just all me, 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 isn't it? Me, 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 me. Because we're scared. We're scared that there won't be any me. So 35 years ago, maybe to this day, I stood up there and someone, I stood in a room and someone handed this to me. And it meant everything in the world to me. This little piece of plastic, I gripped it. I gripped it with a monkey grip tight. And I went, this means something. You know what? And it means something today too. It means something today too. Because we're about... We're pushing around, at least here in Arizona, around 90 days or so. Uh, I think this is our 81st podcast. 90 days of going through this, okay? And we're going to keep stepping through it. And we're going we're gonna to do the right thing. And we're going to get better. And the country's going to get better. And we're going to be A-OK. All right. Didn't know I was going to uh, head in that direction when I started talking today. And you know what? I didn't really know what direction I was heading to because I was, uh, uh, I'd fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> I had one of those days today uh, so far, and the day's not over, okay? And I don't know if you're having, like, you know, great mornings and horrible uh, early afternoons and then funny afternoons and then sad early evenings and okay nights. I don't know. I don't know, you know? But uh, what I had today was one of those days where everything I set out to do, I couldn't get done, um, not because of me, but because of um, uh, there's an airline that instead of getting my money back, because that looked like it's going to be impossible, they offered me a whole bunch of frequent flyer miles. And I said, okay, but I've never gotten signed up right on their site. And I can't get signed up right on their site. So I'm calling. When I call, I just get a busy signal. Like, eh, 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 eh. And then they, uh, when they do answer, they prompt me to push a series of numbers. And I do. It's supposed to take me to the uh, individual solve my problem. And I get, eh, eh, eh. so I never got that done. Trying to install new hardware so that our, uh, our cameras are of higher quality so that you uh, experience a better quality when you're watching us. Couldn't get that done. When today was eating, okay, I've had breakfast, I've had lunch. You know what? That might just be enough. That just might be enough. Uh, Mike, no, Mike Lawson says the couch does that to me also. Yes, sir. Okay, let's get to the music. I got a couple things here for you. Um, this first one's kind of obscure, but uh, I got a little connection to it, so I'm going to tell you about it. It's a band called Detective. Detective. All right? So, Detective didn't really go anywhere. They didn't do much at all, but they are notable for a couple of things. One for uh, who signed them, and a couple for... Uh, some of the antics of the lead singer. So uh, none of these songs will be recognizable to your recognition. Got enough love. Grim Reaper, Nightingale, Detective Man, Ain't None of Your Business, Deep Down, Wild Hot Summer Nights. Uh, 
One more heartache. Um, but uh, I'm trying to look here. Um, anyway, um, and Jerry, you might know this if you're still watching. Uh, wasn't one of the members of Detective was Monarch? Was that? Uh, uh, no, it can't be. Never mind. I'm never going to say it. That would be crazy. Uh, I thought they were a member of another famous band. So um, this, uh, the, the uh, picture in the back was, uh, sometimes these album covers give you great information, sometimes nothing, was shot at the David Forrest Company Limited 7060 Hollywood Boulevard, Hollywood Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90028. Jerry, my brother and I used to live at 7616 Hollywood Boulevard. So it was shot right down the street from us. It was, uh, it was uh, released in 1977. This was the only band on Led Zeppelin's label, Swan Song, besides Led Zeppelin. The only band that was ever signed. I'm trying to see something here. Yeah. Okay. And one, one, and I will find out for sure, but I'm almost positive. One of the members was a former member of Steppenwolf, Michael Monarch. Also in the band was Bobby Pickett, Tony Kay, who I believe played drums for many other famous bands, John Hyde, and the lead singer was a guy named Michael DeBars. So we're going to talk about Michael. So Detective didn't really go anywhere. It's a pretty good album. It's not great, you know, uh, but Michael DeBar is famous for almost being famous. All right, and I got to know Michael DeBar well uh, in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s throughout in, uh, in Los Angeles. He and I became friends. Michael DeBar was in Detective. Michael DeBar was in a band called Silverchair. Michael DeBar was an actor who appeared in a lot of TV shows. I remember seeing Michael DeBar, and not knowing I was watching Michael DeBar, in a Rockford Files, a guy playing a rock star, getting out of a limo at some other rock star's funeral and being all drunk, falling out. And I remember years ago watching it going, man, that guy's really doing a good job. It was a small scene. So that guy's doing a real good job. He's being very realistic there. Later on to find out that this was a, a true rock and roller. True rock and roller. Michael DeBar, many years later, many years later, was playing in a band in New Orleans. And he got a call. He got a call from his manager going, listen, uh, Robert Palmer does not want to tour with Power Station. Who were Power Station? Power Station was... Uh, um, uh, John Taylor and Andy Taylor and a couple other guys and Robert Palmer who had formed a band and had a big, big hit with uh, Some Like It Hot and with uh, a remake of Bang A Gong. And such a big hit, stuff they did in the studio, that a tour was demanded and Robert Palmer said, I said no to us. So they had to hire a guy to tour as the lead singer and they hired Michael DeBar. Okay? Uh, so uh, he got to tour around doing that. He's been so close so many times. He's also famous, famous for uh, one of the most famous stories in rock and roll history, talking about the debauchery and decadence of the uh, 1970s rock and roll scene in Hollywood, in London, throughout the world. The story of a rock star who walked a tiger through the Hyatt Hotel on the Sunset Strip. And the person who did that was none other than the man I showed you. He's in the middle here. Uh, right next to the guy in the white suit. Here, I'll show you. Right there. Right there. Okay. Uh, none of them Michael DeBar. And he told me the story. He goes, well, you know, I'm always looking for publicity. You know, and the band was struggling just to get known. And we were there. And um, out in the parking lot, a circus was in town. And they had a lot of the animals out in the parking lot. And I was 
talking to a fellow and the fellow had a, a tiger. He goes, it was an old tiger and it didn't, its fangs were good. You know, it didn't even, its fangs were gone and its claws were gone and it was drugged. And, and uh, I bribed him to let me walk him through the lobby. And thus he got, became uh, infamous in the annals of rock history as the rock star who at the height of rock and roll, of rock and roll decadence, actually walked a living tiger through the hotel of the Hyatt House. The Hyatt House is famous for a couple of things. The Hyatt House sits right next to the world-famous comedy store, right next to it. Uh, <coughs> in those days, it was called the Riot House. The Riot House. And it's also famous because it's where a comic who was so desolate and destitute because he didn't think he was going to become famous. He was in the early 70s. Very young guy. Uh, leaped to his death from the top of the Hyatt House into the parking lot of the comedy store because um, he wasn't getting enough sets at the comedy store. Um, so just from this little album that I have in my collection, which I bought in St. Louis from Peach's Record Store to 99 Cents, little I know that later on I'd become good friends with the lead singer. Little I know that it would lead to... Uh, there's more interesting stories about Michael DeBar, but they're escaping me at the time right now, but I'll tell you more later. All right, the uh, always almost famous, uh, but true gentleman, okay, true gentleman, true bon vivant, okay, unique and wonderful character, Michael DeBar. Um, uh, Warren Zevon wrote of uh, the, uh, the Hyatt House. Indeed, he did. Indeed, he did. Um, my most recent uh, um, interaction with the Hyatt House no big deal. I was doing my good friend Argus Hamilton's show at the Hyatt House. Didn't I say Hyatt House, Jerry? I said that, right? Um, its nickname was the Riot House. I was doing my good friend Argus Hamilton's show at the Comedy Store, uh, Argus Hamilton tonight, and uh, I parked at the parking lot and I cut through the Hyatt House uh, to take their elevator uh, up because the parking lot's up about two or three uh, flights. And I feel like walking up that steep hill. Very famous spot. Very famous spot. So... There you go. Oh, 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 okay. Now we got one more album to um, recommend, and this one's a no-brainer. I don't even know to recommend it. Use of this. But I just want to show you that I have my original copy. Original copy. Of the Beatles' White Album. That's right. The Beatles' White Album. That's right. Released in 1969. This was bought for me for Christmas. When I was, I think, 14 years old, by my grandma Rose. Just when you think your hips slick and cool, you remember that some of your favorite albums from when you were a teenager were bought for you by your grandma. You know the songs on here. Back in the USSR, Dear Prudence, Glass Onion, Obladi, Oblada, Wild Honey Pie, The Continuing Story of Bungalow Bill, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, Happiness is a Warm Gun. Just, I mean, that's, you know, it's like the, the entire soundtrack to our lives right here. Martha, my dear, I'm so tired. Blackbird, piggies, Rocky Raccoon, don't pass me why. Why do we? Why don't we do it in the road? I will, Julia. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I got the other one. Um, birthday, your blues, Mother Nature. Everybody's got something to hide except me and my monkey. Sexy Sadie, Helter Skelter. Long, long, long. Hold on, hold on. Let's see what's on the back. On the other side, side one, actually. Revolution One, Honey Pie, Savoy Truffle, Cry Baby Cry, Revolution, and Good Night. You know, all on two discs, all released in 1969. So sometimes, uh, as we just pay lip service 
to how great the Beatles were as we just begin to forget with the passage of time what they meant to us. You could pull out almost any album they did and realize that almost every song they did was a hit. And they mean a justified hit. Not because um, uh, uh, A&R, uh, some, some uh, record executive, was bribing uh, DJs to play the songs. We demanded those songs. We love those songs. Those songs mean something to us. I fortunately, I don't know how playable it is, have the orig- my original copy of the White Album bought for me by my grandma Rose. And that's what I'm talking about with what we do on this show. And that's what I want you to do around your house too. Make things old and new again. I found this chip from when I was 90 days sober, maybe 35 years ago to this day. Was it given to me? And it brings me back to that wonderful summer in West Hollywood when I still lived on Hollywood Boulevard, my brother Jerry. And I was meeting all kinds of new and exciting people. And the world was all in front of me. And you know what? It's been a great world to have had in front of me. And I know I've got a lot more of it in front of me. And if I wouldn't find that chip buried someplace in a plastic bag full of buttons, uh, I wouldn't be able to have that wonderful memory today. If I had not dug through and found the album that my buddy Michael DePar- 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 did in 1977, when he had hopes and dreams of becoming just as famous and well-known and idolized as his friends in Led Zeppelin. Uh, and, of course, what the Beatles' White Album meant to us. Uh, you need to look around your house, look around your home, look around your garage and find those things that will fill you with your humanity once again or increase your humanity once again. That's what this show's about. That's what I'm doing. I hope you're enjoying the journey with me and uh, I hope that you will support uh, what we do by uh, buying a ticket to this Sunday show, uh, which is uh, uh, the Comedy All-Stars. Tony Visit presents Sunday Night's Funnier. Uh, you can d- get tickets at ComedySchools.com and at ComedySchoolsRadioNetwork.com. Support me there. And by the way, if you know someone who you think, you know, they might benefit from some sort of comedy class or some sort of uh, art class, some sort of entertainment class, uh, have them go to ComedySchools.com and check out check out, um, check out out uh, my comedy workshops. My uh, phone number is there and my email is there, and I'll be glad to talk to anybody about it, okay? All right, I want to make sure this thing didn't stick. It sticks sometimes, and I get all kinds of cool questions, and they don't pop up. Uh, now Jerry was still talking about, yeah, that Led Zeppelin at the Hyatt House, Led Zeppelin used to rent out entire floors. Indeed they did. Indeed they did. Some great stories from that day from people that were young, wild, and free. Young, wild, and free. Okay? Wonderful times. Okay? Wonderful times uh, living on the edge of outlaw land. Right smack in a giant bowl. The bowl is a giant place known as the land of milk and honey. All right, I'm going to wrap up for today. I'm going to be back with you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Until then, you stay safe, wash your hands. Uh, when you sneeze, uh, uh, cover your nose. Um, yeah. And if you need me to be telling you this now, uh, it's probably too late. All right? All right, love all of you very much. See you tomorrow at 2 p.m. You've been listening to and watching Living on a Thin Line with Tony Visick. And I'll be back tomorrow at 2. Bye-bye.